Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the One Before I Die podcast, episode 161. We are back, back again for another episode. The Bills reign supreme of the AFC East, AFC East Kings, as I've stood my ground this whole time. I know the season's not over yet, but a huge win over the Miami Dolphins Saturday night, 32-29, to the final score. An absolute thriller, uh, snow game. Just classic Buffalo weather out there in uh, in December here, and um, a huge win for the boys there. So obviously we'll be talking about that game. Sabers, since we last spoke, has have also been rolling. Don't think they've lost since we last spoke on our last episode. So we'll pick up some talk with them. Uh, Buffalo Parlay did cash Saturday night, so that's a that's kind of a first time for that. I feel like in a while where you know the boys play on the same day and they both ended up coming away with the W. But um. All in all, just a, another busy week in the Buffalo sports world. The NFL season continues to roll on. It's it's going quick. Only a couple more games left. Only a few more games left until we do hit playoffs, which speaking of playoffs, the Bills also did clinch the playoffs this past Saturday with the win over the Dolphins. But um, yeah, I mean, just uh, another busy week here. So before we get into all of it, before we get into the nitty gritty, we'll introduce Ethan over there in Chicago, Illinois. Ethan, how you doing? You already stole my thunder. I mean, the first time I think in one before I die podcast history, the Buffalo Parlay has hit. We always I was like on it, and I was on it this time. I, I made sure of it. Um, yeah, it was great. It was a great feeling. We always like to joke that if one team wins, then it's not going to look great for the other. But it was a great night. I mean, I didn't get to see much of the Sabres game. I'll be honest with you. I was in, I was in quite the predicament where it would have been mm-hmm. an unbelievable. Uh, the dual screen couch TV night. I was at the UConn basketball game. I was struggling just to get through the first half and know what's going on with the Bills game. Sabres game was complete. You, you know, I just had to. I just had to go in blind with that because I was, you know, with my extended family. So it was already like tough doing one of those, have a conversation while the Bills game's on in the background. But uh, yeah, it was quite the ending there. Almost yeah, well, so that, that was my that was kind of my question to to backtrack a little bit. So I, you obviously went to the UConn game, and then that's what I was wondering is so did you guys go back because you were in Indianapolis? So did you go back to where were you staying? First of all, were you at a hotel? No, I was at Ann's brother or sister and brother in laws. So did you guys go back to their house and and did they know yeah. like the Bills game was on? Like did they know you were trying to watch that? I didn't know if you know yeah. maybe they wanted to go no, to the bar after. <laughs> no, I mean they have they have a. <laughs> two-year-old kid so they needed to get back to relieve the babysitter which was clutch because yeah i knew that i was going to be coming back probably sitting on the couch and and you know just hanging watching this game it wasn't like we had plans afterwards but but also you had to like the game was on nfl network so was that a question like hey do you guys have the package <laughs> no, i knew that <laughs> I, I already did my scouting in the early slate when we were watching the colts vikings game earlier nice. in the day which was also on NFL Network. So I already checked that box, knew I was going to come back, had it set up, didn't have to do the whole sign into your TV provider login. Like that was all ready to go. It was just on a wicked delay because it was streaming okay. and it was through like the Roku. It wasn't <clears throat> YouTube TV. It was like a really long delay. So when you guys were texting me, I was like three plays behind. So I had to like at one point just throw throw my phone aside so I wasn't getting updates. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I just was, I was interesting in your scenario there. I mean, I, I, I even myself, like, I mean, I was zoned into the game, but my buddy did like a little like open bar thing. So like I was kind of like out during it and it was like kind of tough also to watch. So I was kind of 
that's why I wasn't as active in the group chat as I usually am either. Cause it was, you know, a lot of people around and I mean, you know how it is when, you know, there's people around it that maybe aren't into it as much as you are. I mean, I think I was the only Buffalo Bills fan at this place. So it's like, I'm well, you trying had a to bar? zone into the game. Yeah. And it was like a little, you know, section tied off for this group of people, but there's one TV. Luckily the game was on. So I was kind of locked into that, but there's conversations going around, floating around. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to look like a psychopath, like just glued. Um, but was able to watch the game um, and, and soak in the majority of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, let, let's get into it here. A, a timeless classic. I mean, this rivalry is is officially back. The Dolphins are a good team. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say at this point that, you know, they're they're a good team. And and I think down the line, they they have a chance if they put a few more pieces around Tua and and or if, or if Tua even elevates his game even more. I mean, it's it's no more kind of clowning the Dolphins. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that we still are the superior team. I still think that both games that we played against them this year, especially that first one, right? I mean, we don't have to rehash that, but we all think that maybe we should have won that one. It was just a, it was a crazy one. Um, but but regardless, like they're they're a solid team. You got to respect them. They come into Buffalo on a night in December where it's a it's it's snowing, and you know that that was the whole the whole media is talking about how Tua's zero three in cold weather games in his NFL career. He's obviously born in Hawaii, went to Alabama, now plays in Miami. Um, of course, the media is going to do their thing and blow that out of proportion. And, and they came in and, and they ran the ran the ball down our throat. Tua made plays when he needed to. It was a physical game all around on both sides, and you got to give them credit. Um, but again, you know, when the time comes, the Bills ended up stepping up. And and, and I think that I know the offense had its woes throughout some of the game, and, and you'll, you'll probably get into that. I know you're kind of down on the play calling and everything, but when it came down to it, you know, Allen played an unbelievable game. If you look at his numbers, four touchdown passes, over 300 yards passing, over 70 yards rushing, he was this classic Josh Allen that we like to that we know and love. And um, and when it came down to it, you know, they they that last drive was just textbook, and and they went down, they dwindled the clock down. It's kind of reminiscent of the Ravens game earlier this year where they uh, managed the clock perfectly, right? And uh, and, and I guess to to to. To piggyback off this, my question to you before I throw it off to you and, and give your thoughts is because last week we talked about the offense and, you know, you said you need to see something. I said I wasn't as worried um, because I, you know, I have that trust. Was this a game where, again, I know they weren't perfect, but, you know, Josh played very, very good. Like, was this a game to kind of get you back on that horse or do you kind of need to see a little bit more before your confidence is back to 100 percent heading into the playoffs? I'd like to see a little bit more. I, I wanted to start off by saying, based on the conversation that we had last week, as kind of opposite ends of the spectrum as we were, I think we are both right based on this game. You said you weren't worried that we're going to win games, right? That was kind of your take. Like You didn't, you weren't worried about how the offense was playing. You're, you're just cool with winning football games and finding ways to win no matter how we do it. And going in the playoffs, you're, you don't care going in the playoffs how we're winning the football games as long as we're winning, getting the number one buy, and then we'll figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. Which, which is, yeah, like I, I get that take. My take was, I'd rather kind of get some momentum going, get back in the swing of things. If we lose, if we lost that game, but then you know, kind of turned a, a notch and and just blew out and got everything going on those last three weeks, that would have been my take on how we would like to see us finish the season. I think we were both right because my your your take was that, you know, no matter what happens, we have Josh Allen. Don't sleep on this guy. People like to forget about him, which is 100% true. And my take was 
we're winning because of Josh Allen, right? Like every, the offense isn't humming at the clip that we saw before and last year and why everybody was picking us to win the Super Bowl before, you know, in the first five weeks, but we're finding ways to win because we have Josh Allen. And so I think that this game showed that again, um, the offense obviously put up 32 points, um, but it, it shows exactly why we're going to need to score like that. Like I said, like the offense is going to have to win its football games. This defense got exposed against a very good offense, right? We came off of the, what was the game before the jets game mm-hmm. where we put up 20 and we were talking about how good that defense played and they kind of won us that game. And my whole take was we're not playing that jets offense. We're going to have to score points. The offense kind of did that, even though, the thing with this team is that I just I'm gonna have to get over is that we're not gonna be able to we, we can't win easy like this team does not win easy they they find ways to win but every game is a dogfight and to your point it's like you gotta give credit AFC, to the Finns yeah the AFC is better this year I, I I'll admit that there's just too many times though where it's not the other team that is so much better and that we just do stupid things that I think that that shoot ourselves in the foot. Like, I think this team, talent-wise, is better than last year. Coaching-wise, not McDermott, but on the on the coordinator side, I think is, I guess, offensive coordinator. That's the only thing that's changed. But I think that's worse. And I think our discipline, like player discipline-wise and, and fundamental-wise, we're not as sharp as last year, if that makes sense. But our, I think our talent is is better. And our, our together, like the team's been together enough. And they've the thing that's different about this team is that they've endured a lot of these tough games before already. And they've been on the wrong side of these games before over the past couple of years. So I think that experience is invaluable. And we didn't have that last season or the year before. And so when you're in those situations, you kind of know how to deal with adversity where you, you just, you got nothing going in the third quarter and you can't get a first down. Your defense can't get a stop, but then you take a step back and you're like, all right, we're only down a touchdown here all we need to do is score a touchdown and we're tied and we're back in this game, right? Like they kind of have that ability to take a step back and then flip a switch to get things going again in the right direction where I don't think previous bills teams that we've seen, even though they've had the same players and they had that same talent, I don't think they've been able to do that. So I think that's one thing that this team going in the playoffs has in their back pocket that is going to, you know, going to be needed and is going to maybe push them over the edge. But I just don't think, I don't know. I don't think we're going to see this offense get to where it was before. Just, just based on these last, I mean, it's not a trend anymore. This is kind of is what the offense is at this point. It's, it's up and down. It's great when it's clicking, but it's just, it sometimes it goes through these lulls. Yeah, no, I, no, I feel you. Um, another thing we didn't mention kind of the, the other big news going into the week was the, the signing of Cole Beasley, the return to Buffalo Cole Beasley. Um, I don't think he played very much. I mean, he only had one catch for nine yards. I don't think he was really out on the, on the field too much. Um, I'm interested to see him get more involved as it gets going, because I think all bills fans were very excited when we saw that he was back. Um, it was a little bit shocking, right? Just cause it's kind of out of nowhere, but we all know what he can do. My only gripe with him isn't having a back. It's is it, if he just still got it. Like that's what I was texting you and dad, like throughout the week is like he, we know he fits perfectly with this offense. If he's just still a good enough player, we obviously know it didn't work down in Tampa. Maybe that was just a situational thing, but I'm very interested from to like see, a athleticism standpoint. Yeah. Like if he's just still in shit, if, if he's just not washed yet. Um, But I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. We'll, we'll figure that out down the line. Cause I think 
obviously a, a week under his belt. And now you move forward, he'll probably get more reps in the offense. And he obviously will pick it up as quick as anybody out there. So it shouldn't take that long for him to get back. It's just a matter of if he still has that burst. Um, but yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. Uh, again, you know, I think the expectations are are just always lifted with this team now. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be or anything, but they still did score over 30 points. You have your laws. I know they kind of had like to your point, right? They go into the half up like, well, up almost 10. They were up 21, 13 or something. And yeah, they were 21, 13 with the ball coming out of the half. Yeah, and then it just we we didn't do anything until we, we punted. Score and... We punted three straight possessions, right? Like yeah, we couldn't so... get a first down. It just felt like that, and that's that's what I don't want to. I don't do want to bash Dorsey, I mean, but I mean, like Dorsey I, I, is he? He's got four verticals in his playbook, right? That's is that that's it? that's my thing. Is like he just I said this last time, so I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I just feel like he doesn't have a feel for the game, right? Like he he doesn't adjust or he just completely it's almost the opposite where he just bails on what was working because he, I feel like he gets frustrated. Right. And he just goes, all right, Josh, let's throw it 30 yards down the field. Cause I got this quarterback with this sick arm. That's a super athletic. So I feel like he, he feels the need when things are kind of at a lull to, to have to rip off a chunk play where it's like, just get a, let's just get a first down and get, and get some momentum before you start throwing the ball 25 yards down the field. You know what I mean? It's it's it yeah. seems like he's trying to dictate the game instead of reacting to what the defense is giving him in some of these situations. And I will it, say, I, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, and I was just going to say, and I think that's one of uh, Dabble's strengths was on like uh, tailoring a game plan to a defense, not to our offense. If that made sense. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I will say, I do. Um, I, I see what you're saying there, 100. percent I I also do like how he I think and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago too but the the more design runs to Allen like I think like that QB draw obviously went for like 50 yards and and Allen once he gets running he he's obviously unstoppable in that sense like I, I like how those are getting mixed in a little bit more it seems like now compared to the beginning of the season um well now but, now it seems like those are coming in as like when we need them like like that's like the holy crap nothing's working let's run Allen you know, Man, it usually works. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. But I think it's because we're trying to like save this guy because we can't we can't run him every play. Yeah. And if you start doing it right, the thing is with Dorsey, Dorsey's also a guy where it's like one thing works and he just keeps doing it over and over again. Right. And so like he got into the Allen ripped off this 50 yard run and we score a touchdown. And then it seemed like on the last couple of drives, like we kept doing like more designed runs to him. And, and then the dolphins were catching on, right. You know, that play yeah. down at the goal line, they tried to do the design sweep to him and the dolphins were all over that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, he just doesn't mix things up a little bit. He's like, Oh, and he gets run happy or pass happy. I think very easily. That's, that's also, I think I kind of a criticism almost towards the other, the other side of the field on Saturday night is, is as we know, the dolphins are running all over us. I think they had like three or four third and ones where they decide to pass out of nowhere, right? When they're averaging like yeah. eight yards a carry. So that's like a little bit dicey. Maybe McDaniel's getting a little bit, uh, you know, too many tricks off his sleeve as well. I mean, th- there's a multiple times where I feel like they could have just ran the ball down our throat, picked up first down, kept the drive going. They put it into his hands and, and it didn't go their way. Um, what is also encouraging, though, about this game, which I want to shout out, Dawson Knox, is it seems like he is coming on a little bit later on in the season. It seems like we're finally, you know, using him. Um, I, I read something on Twitter earlier today where 
Allen had nine targets to tight ends in general. Obviously, Morris had the one touchdown, and then Knox had six catches for 98 yards and also a touchdown. Nine targets towards tight ends, which was a season high. Um, it, it's about time you start using these other guys, right? Because as we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, that Stefan Diggs has been the only really receiver who's been consistent all year. So it's like, okay, well, we got to, you know, find ways to use these other players that we have, especially the guy we signed to an extension that was supposed to be, um, you know, this big time tight end, obviously having a great year last year. So encouraging to see him. And, and it seemed like he really stepped up to the plate. Like he was confident out there. It wasn't just um, these. Sometimes we talked about this before too, with Davis and Knox. And when these make these catches, sometimes they're still bobbling it and everything. Knox seemed very confident out there. He obviously had that mm-hmm. one huge, you know, catch and run out to midfield and beyond. Um, so I like to see Dawson Knox get involved. Uh, and then um Hines getting in the end zone. Uh James Cook. I mean, I mean that that touchdown to James Cook at the end of the first half, which was vintage agent of chaos, Josh Allen, right? Where there's seven seconds left or whatever the case may be. It's like, all right, throw the ball. If it's if it's not there, get a field goal. He ends up rolling out and throws a touchdown pass with zero seconds on the clock. Just crazy stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, crazy game, good rivalry, and ended up coming out on, on top of the dub. I do want to give a shout out though to the defense in that fourth quarter. I mean, we, we get a stop, they punt it, right? We get good field position and then Josh fumbles it on a sack. Yeah. Was it right away? And I think there was, I don't know. Were we tied at that point or were we, I, I forget, down? but I, 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 forgot I, 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 I forgot the scenario like specifically, like, but I, I just remember like that being kind of almost like a dagger to the heart because I think the dolphins either just scored or they just, like they just scored it, whether it was a field goal or a touchdown or whatever. And I was like, all right, we need to, you know, we need to put something together here. And it was like the ensuing play, right? They come back and get the ball right back at midfield. It was almost kind of just like a snowball effect is what I felt like in that moment. Yeah. So a hundred percent. Yeah. To your point. I mean, I mean, except uh, up big. The, the, the play of the game there was Taron Johnson, the stuff on third and short. That was, he looked like Matt Milano on that play. He had a great game. Yeah. So that was huge. I mean, I know the defense, we're struggling all third quarter to make a stop, but those two two fourth quarter stops were absolutely massive. Again, it's a compl- it's a complimentary football that I kind of alluded to last week, more so on the offensive side, but it's more of like and and this is what it is a lot more in the NFL nowadays in general, not just with the Bills, but it's it's these situational like clutch times where your team needs yeah. to step up that separates you from being you know a normal playoff team or a, or a Super Bowl contender or not a playoff team. It's you're not going to be perfect, but at the times that it matters the most, you need to step up and make plays. And that's where I feel like the difference comes in with the Buffalo bills D- defensively and offensively. I think they can make plays when it matters, regardless of what's happened before they can put it in the past in the rear view and go out and make a play. So like that, I, think I, is I agree. Difference. I agree with that, but there's a fine border between being a team like the bills like that. And not saying the bills have been like this all season, but then going to like the Vikings level, right? Where it almost becomes like kind of lucky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you, that game on Saturday was insane. I mean, that's in, Matt Ryan but, is, but uh, the I Vikings feel, feel bad are, for that guy. are in games. They're, they're in games like that every week. Right. They, I think there was a crazy stat. They were undefeated and I don't think they won by, I think they won every game by less than one possession. Right. So, yeah, I think it, I think it, it's the stat that was the complete opposite for them last year. I think they were like defeated in one score. Game. It was almost similar to like the bills in one score games, but it's like now like they're like undefeated this year in like these one, like games like f- that are decided by like five points or less. Right. There's nothing like that. And so maybe it's going to be all moot point because when you go to the playoffs, all these games are probably going to be one score games anyway, but it's just, it's just some situations where 
the game doesn't need to get to where it need where it got where it got to, and the, and this wasn't the first game where I felt like that. Obviously, right with the Jets game and um, the Browns game, the line. I mean, all these games they they won, so it's 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 like you can't really bash them, but it's like you're kind of your luck's almost running out in the NFL with these one score games. It's it's do you get the call? I mean, we saw what happened in the Sunday night game uh, with mm-hmm. the with the Giants and the and the uh, Commanders. I mean, the, the ref kind of just screwed the commanders blind on a couple of those plays there. And it's just Brutal. like, you know, one, two are calls and it's a different story. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good win. It solidifies our position in the AFC East for sure. I mean, we have a two game lead now on Miami. Our divisional record is now three and two. Um, and rattle off have- three AFC East wins in a row that we went. We got through the gauntlet, right? We were talking yeah. about that heading in Jets Dol- or Patriots, Jets and Dolphins and back on top in the division. I mean, we, we already were, but to get back to a winning record in the division is huge as well. And again, I'm like I said, at the beginning of the year. And like I said, before this little stretch here, we're still Kings of the AFC East until, until told otherwise. And I think so. we, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we clinched the AFC East. If we win Saturday against the bears. Yeah. I think I saw something there. I, I was surprised how we didn't clinch it with the win over the dolphins here, but obviously I the think the only way that up. we don't, I think the only way that we don't is if, we lose out and the dolphins win out because if we lose out, that means we'll have another loss to the Patriots. And so if the dolphins win out, then I think they would have yeah, and a we'd better be both, AFC East record and we have the same record. Yeah. We'd both be 11 and six. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Hey, that's the next thing, right? Clinch playoffs. Next thing, click AFC East and then go on and finish business and clinch the one seed in the, in the whole conference and just rattle them off here. But um, anything else on this game before we kind of move ahead to, to the Chicago preview? Uh, no, I think we could, I don't think there's much I want to talk about Chicago wise. I mean, that team is complete. Well, opposite. I, I just, I just want to talk about it quick because I, I, I will say, yeah, the Chicago's had a, had a tough year, right? I mean, no one expected them to be good. They're, they're rebuilding. They have fields. They're in this state where, you know, they hopefully they have their quarterback and no one expected them to be good. But I, I just will say that Justin Fields, this guy's a baller. This guy is a really good player ever since he's kind of taken over this job this year. And, and at the beginning of the year, I know it's not tough for them. See, see, I, I'm the complete, I think this guy, if I was redrafting that class, I think I would take him one over. Oh, I would too, Lawrence. but that, that class stinks. Listen, all I'm saying is that if you watch this guy play, man, he is electric. He can make things happen. I on agree the move. with all of that. And, and I just think that, I don't know. I think he's a really good player. I think he's going to be a top quarterback in this league. Like that might be a little bit of a hot take, but all I'm saying is specifically for this game is listen, the Chicago defense isn't good. We should have our way with them. There's no reason on planet earth that we should lose this game. All I'm saying is don't sleep on Justin Fields. And what, the, and I don't know what the spread is in this game. It's probably 10, 10 and a half, something like that. This guy's gonna put up some numbers against us. It, he's gonna run all over us. I I I yeah. just don't want to sleep on him. I, I think he's a very very solid player, and you know who we can't we can't go into this thing lately because I, I I don't know this guy. The, I can see some some weird stuff. You know how you're saying like you, when's the luck gonna run out? That kind of yeah. I'm not saying like we're gonna lo- like we should not lose this game, but this guy might make it a lot closer than a lot of Bills fans you know might think it is. I, no, I just no, think I, he has that X factor. I agree with all of that. And and the Bears as a team are scrappy. They're in kind of all of these games. I they're not a three and eleven football team. Yeah, they just they just uh fought the Eagles very hard right down to the end because yeah. of fields. Like he he can make the things with him. They can be down two scores, but you know and then he can run it in from fifty yards. 
Yeah, but you know the thing about Fields? Fields is Kyler Murray 2.0. He is soft. He, he's all flash. The dude's going to be injured constantly. And I don't think he has the clutch factor. Yeah. I think I don't think he has what we just talked about with the with the Josh Allen factor of him kind of just calming everything down in the in the last drive of the game when you need to go get three and you need to waste four minutes off the clock. Josh Allen does that ten, you know, nine times out of ten. This guy does not know how to do that. He's still all young. flash. I know he's still young, but I just don't see that in him. And I I, I I know Josh took a Josh was an anomaly because I think a lot of you know a lot of people didn't think he had that in him either in his first or second year in the league. But that's my prediction is that Justin Fields is going to be like a Kyler Murray. He doesn't have that dog in him where a lot of these quarterbacks like Josh always had that right. He's a competitor. Yeah. He's he's taking hits. He's he he's not coming out of the game unless he got shot in the leg. And Kyler, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, like these these guys are Justin flashy. Herbert. Even Justin Herbert's great, but he doesn't have that dog in him. No, exactly. And I, I, I these are the the class of quarterbacks that have tremendous talent, but they don't have that that X factor that makes them great. Like a like a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, like all the, those guys are a step above those guys. And they're all good good quarterbacks, so so you're right. Like you gotta you gotta be able to contain him. He can break off a 50 yard run for sure and change the whole dynamic of the game. Uh, you have to game plan around him, right? Because arguably he's a better runner than thrower. And so, I mean, besides yeah, Lamar, but, besides Lamar, I think he he'll be the best dual threat quarterback that we 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 face better this year. than Jalen Hurts. Oh, that we face this that year. we face this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I would agree with that probably. And so it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be freezing cold in Chicago. I'm, I mean, I live here and I, it is going to be eight degrees, I think on kickoff on Saturday and they're that's supposed right. to get a blizzard on Friday. As long as it's not windy and dull, because, because that's the other thing, right? And, and, we know that the Bills can put up points if it's just cold out. They just did it on Saturday. They did it in the playoff game against the Patriots. It's all about those wins and the X factors, which, by the way, at the beginning of this year, guess who beat San Fran at the beginning of the year because of those X factor wins and, and, and crappy weather, the Bears, right? So it's like you don't want that in, in the play. I mean, I, I don't know. You're, you're the weatherman over there, but if it's cold out, that's fine. It just can't, you know. It can get windy over there in Chicago, as we all know, which is which is a little bit dicey. Yeah, I think but it's probably will probably will be very windy. so that 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 doesn't that doesn't play into our into into our hands. Um, I'm looking at the game right now. It is eight and a half. The Bills are favored by. Um, I'd like to say they cover that, but again, like I could see Fields, and, and to your point, like yeah, maybe he doesn't have that clutch factor. I could see him kind of. It's almost like what you're you're just comparing him to Allen and and the from the clutch perspective of it. It can, it can only be it can almost be the type of thing where like. Fields can like have a really awesome game throughout the entire game, and Allen can kind of suck a little bit, and it's a little bit closer. And then when it comes down to it, you know, Fields kind of folds, and Allen comes out on top. I could see something like that happen. Um, I don't know. I, I for some reason I'm just getting weird vibes from this game where it's not going to be a blowout, and maybe it's just because of the way that the Bills have been winning lately, and it, it almost goes against kind of my whole points I've been making, you know, the past few weeks. But sometimes you got to go with your gut. So you know, I'm going to go right into score predictions here. Um. And I'm going to say the Bills will win this game. They, they sh- again, they shouldn't. There's no way on planet Earth they should ever lose this game, um, especially with what's in, what's at stake throughout the rest of the year. They know that they know that one seed's up for grabs still. 
uh, and they got to win out. So <clears throat> I think they, you know, McDermott gets them right for it and, and he makes sure, you know, not another Jacksonville Jaguar situation of last year happens. But again, I think Fields does make some plays. I think he makes some shocking plays out of nowhere that were like, how do we let that happen? Um, <clears throat> and then to your point, maybe he kind of doesn't really have it at the, at the end of the game, but I'll say the bills will win this game. They'll put up 27 and I think the bears will put up 20. I don't think they'll cover the spread. I think it'll be a touchdown game, uh, still a, you know, still a touchdown game, but I'll go 27, 20 Buffalo bills. I like that take. I, I think the bills offense is way better than this defense. <clears throat> so I think this is probably one of the weaker defenses that they've faced in the last three weeks coming out of the division that have been a bunch of gauntlet games, you know, divisional games. They're always just gritty, tough, a lot of emotions, teams play each other a bunch. They kind of know their tendencies. I think the bills are going to be coming in uh, at a little bit of an advantage with this bears team too. They're at a point where they don't want to win football games. They want to get a higher draft pick fields kind of got banged up last week. That's what also I was going to ask is, do we even know if he's playing? Cause I know he, he, he came back to the game, right? But it, yeah, are they just gonna I'm, shut I'm him assuming down? he's like, going to play, but like I said, <clears throat> I, I think anything goes South and he comes out of that game like real quick. There's yeah. no point in playing him right now. Um, and I just think it's a game where the bills want, it's a hungry dog run, runs faster. They need the game. They want it more. Um, they're more experienced. And I just don't, I really don't like how this defense matches up against our offense. I'm going to say the bills score a lot, even despite the weather. I think the over is a great play. Cause I do think that the bears are going to do well running the football against us. Uh, I'm going to say the bills win uh, 34 to 23. There it is. All right. So an 11 point win for you. Um, all right. Well, that's Chicago bears preview. That's on uh, Christmas Eve, obviously at a uh, one o'clock slot, right? This, this weekend's a bunch of games on Christmas Eve and then only a couple on Sunday. So it's a little bit flip flop from this past week, but back to that time of year where we're having a ton of football on the weekend, Saturdays and Sundays, which is always nice uh, with the no buys left, only a few games left in the season. Um, but all right. Yeah. I think we can, I think we can move on from the bills here. The last thing I'll ask you is, do you think, um, or I guess, I don't know, like just coming down to this, this, this conference race here, you think the one seed's either going to be the bills, the chiefs or the Bengals at this point, right? Who else could it even possibly be unless, unless the Bengals just royally screw up, then it's going to be really a two dog race with, with the bills and the, and the chiefs. Um, cause I mean, Ravens have fallen off. I mean, that was a brutal loss. Obviously Lamar's not playing, but yeah, I mean, it's probably those three teams up for the one seed at this point. Bills, it's Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, nobody else can. I don't even think anybody else can. Like, I, I think it's math, mathematically impossible for anybody else to get it. Yeah, it probably is. Um, all right, well, we'll see how it goes on Saturday, and then obviously looking ahead, that is a game against the Bengals Monday night, which should be a should be a good one, and and uh, Cincinnati. But let's move on to the Sabers here. Um, Sabers, as I said at the beginning of the episode, last time we talked. Since the last time they talked, we talked, they have not lost a game. Skinner was suspended, obviously. He came back from suspension against Arizona, ended up scoring two goals in that game. Um, a huge win over Colorado over the past week, and then another win over the LA Kings, which was a 6 nothing win, um, where that was kind of a crazy game. Now that I'm looking back at it, that was 0-0 through two periods, and then we just scored six goals in the third period out of nowhere. Tage Thompson continues to just light the lamp. Um, I was looking on odds today on multiple sports books of for him, uh, his odds to win the Hart Trophy. Some of the sports we don't even have him listed. It's insane. They have guys over him that, I mean, shouldn't even be on there. I mean, 
this guy's been playing at a high level, and I know we talk about him every week, but it's for it's for the right reason. He he was named the second star of the week again for the second consecutive week. Um, it, it it's like we're it's 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 almost like we're waiting for him to plateau a little bit, right, and cool down. And he probably will at some point, but it seems like every game this guy's scoring a highlight real goal, uh, and it's just insane. But again, huge win over the Kings, and then. He, a massive one over the Colorado Avalanche, obviously cup uh, cup defenders who have been struggling this year so far, and then took care of business in Arizona. And then tonight, well, actually last night, as you guys are listening to this, but tonight we play uh, we play Golden Knights again. And I don't know if Jack Eichel's playing. I think he's kind of I think he's hurt, which I'm I don't ups- think he's playing, which I'm upset about. Even though he did obviously go off against us last time we played, but I am upset with that. We won't get to see good old Jackie boy once again here. Um, but I'm kind of over that. Like, whatever. If he plays, I'm not. he plays. You know I'm not. You know I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, He's like my most okay. athlete of all time. <laughs> all right, I'm just saying I am. <laughs> We're not getting into this again. I'm just I'm just making sure people know out there. Um, but what do you got on the what's your initial thoughts on the Sabres before we get in the nitty-gritty over the past week here? Three game win streak for the boys. Yeah, they're playing phenomenal hockey. I mean, rattling three off on the road like that is tough. I guess LA was home. Kings but, at home, yeah. Especially that Colorado. That was a gritty, gritty win. Finally getting some good goaltending, some timely goaltending. I mean, yeah. who, was, who was it in Colorado? Was that UPL? It was UPL, yeah. He played unreal, actually. He played, I think, his easily 40, his best uh, game of the year. 39 saves on 41 shots, yeah. Um. Yeah, and then, I mean, you put it, you put the nail on the head there with Thompson. I don't, I don't think I need to add anything to him. He's He's unbelievable. Probably our best player since... Eichel, I mean, he's better than Eichel. Uh, probably our best player, maybe since like Briere or Drury. I, I don't know. He, he's insane. Um, and then you get Skinner back, and he slots back in on that top line, coming off suspension. He lights the lamp a, a couple of times since coming back. Right, he had one in Arizona. He had two in Arizona. Two in Arizona. Yeah. So it's it's just everything's coming up Sabers right now, but they have a tough schedule ahead here going into twenty twenty three. Like you said, they got the Knights Monday. Then they get a few more days off, and they come home, and they have Tampa right before Christmas, which not we're going to be at that game. Oh yeah, but, that's right. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a grueling, grueling schedule coming up here, and and that's the thing. I mean, they it, it just really sucks because if they didn't have that eight game losing streak, and you even if they went like three and five over that stretch, I know we'd be in a playoff position right now. And so I saw I saw a, a a stat that the 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 I mean obviously because Samuelson was hurt during that stretch but like the record difference of Samuelson playing and him not I'm not saying it's just him but it's pretty staggering to look at like well no I I I I think it's not just Samuelson because I think if you took any of our and I guess maybe this isn't true because power's been out and we I was just going to say won. that what, what even happened to him that that's the other thing we have to know other than him being out and we can maybe dive a little bit more into that but just specifically to that Colorado win he was supposed to play he didn't go out for warmups we played with five defensemen that game right that's a and, scr- win yeah and we were down a post even though Hennestrosa filled in but still that is a scrappy win you could tell those guys were dead gas by the end of it too yeah luckily it, McKinnon but, wasn't playing but but that's that's the thing with this team I think is there, there's just no depth, especially on the back end. We have so many guys that, I mean, we played that game with with three, arguably seventh or AHL defensemen. Not arguably, they are like pilots a seventh defenseman on a, on a good NHL team. Uh, and then who else did we have in there? We had Fitzgerald Clay. and Clay and Fitzgerald, who are 
just I mean, Fitzgerald, again, I think he's like a seventh, maybe sixth defense. I think if you had to rank those three, we were talking about this the other day, too. I think Clegg's honestly the best out of the three, and then Fitzgerald and then Pilot, but they're all back end defensemen for sure. Right. And 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 they're playing top four minutes when you only have you only have five guys. So yeah, they're all playing a lot of ice time that game. So yeah, there's just no depth on this team and, and the injury timing is is just super unlucky, it seems like. But it shows you Samuelson's a minute, he's a minute eater. He's a minute eater. He he's a shutdown guy. And when you lose a guy like that, it's it's tough to replace. You don't see it on the score <clears throat> sheet. You don't see it him carrying the puck and making these great plays. But it's it's like it's like a good left tackle, right? It's like a guy that if he's doing all the right things, you don't you don't notice him. But if he's if he's not on the ice or if he's messing up, then it's pretty obvious, right? So yeah. Yeah, Sam Samuelson. I mean, the, that contract's looking great too. I think if if you were going to grade those two, those are the two big contracts, right? That came out before the season started. That got a lot of criticism from the NHL media. The two guys that haven't played a lot of games in the league, and they've gotten some long term deals with Thompson and Samuelson. I think Thompson's an A plus, and Samuelson's probably an AA minus. Like those are those are two really good deals so far. I mean, there's still a lot of hockey left in the season, but I mean, so far those look like absolute steals for two guys that are going to be a you know cornerstones of this team. Yeah, I also wanted to give a shout out to the waiver claim of Tyson Jost because I think ever since he's come onto the team, he's really carved out a role for himself and has played great. Obviously, a former Avalanche, uh, and so in that game he had the nice play, then the assist to Darlene, which was an absolute nip. Um, but I think Jost has been a great addition. You talk about the depth on the team and the lack of depth. I mean, he's come in and he's been, he's slotted in and he's played every game since he's come over. So, I mean, you got to give him, him a shout out. I think he's been a, a nice player that has played really up and down the lineup, not really in the top six, but throughout the third and fourth line, he's been, he's been very solid. The last thing I'll say here before I throw back over to you, if you have anything else is, um, and I know we talked about this, maybe it was last week or the week before about Kevin Adams. And if he's going to make any moves before the end of the year or, um, you know, we were kind of talking about we we we'd rather be conservative a little bit, or at least I was saying, you know, in the past I've been kind of gung ho on going out and trying to make moves, and at this time I've kind of been trusting the process more and trying to let everything come to me. Um, I didn't watch again as we reiterated, we weren't really able to watch the game against the Coyotes Saturday night. However, I was able to watch on Friday night. I was just chilling at my apartment and I threw on the Coyotes Islanders game, so I was watching that a little bit, and I know. The name we talked about was Jacob Chikrin. Um, and both you and I were kind of like, you know, we we haven't really seen him play much. Like, you know, if they go out and get him, I don't I don't know if I would like it or not, depending on what we give up. I will say he, he looked very, very good. He looks like he can command he, he's a he's a he's a top four defenseman, especially playing on a, a bad team like the Coyotes. He's he's still noticeable out there. I think he's still positive this year on plus minus. I know he's hurt at the beginning of the year, but I think he's come in and he's just he's under a righty too, right? No, 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 he's a lefty, which gets to my other point. He, he's just under a point per game. I think he's positive plus minus, which is very impressive for a bad team. And and he's a lefty, which I know we have our top three out of our four defensemen right now are lefties. It, I, I think it could be kind of like a, a sick little, like, I don't know, like some some of these teams that you look back on that just had like like cornerstones to their teams, obviously, and um you know, the Chicago teams with Kane and Taves, like you, you had these like sick, like combos, everything. Like how about a story line? If we get chicken somehow, you know, we don't have to give up too much, whatever the case may be. 
and the swords for the next 10 years just have top four lefty defensemen just absolutely slinging guys that can all score maybe not Samuelson as much but that can all move the puck up and down the ice and I don't know I think it'd be kind of sick to just have four lefty defensemen back there just rip it like that'd be so sick and you look it could be like a, a potential opportunity where you look back on this team and you're like it was the lefty defenseman of the city like you know what I mean it's like almost like a like a like a like a landing page or something that you can look back on and be like, yo, that was that was sick. So I don't know. I, that was just kind of my thoughts on it. But he he looked good. I don't I didn't have I didn't watch him too much. But in that game, like he's very noticeable. He's a big dude also, and he can he can move the puck and and, and he can play. So I don't know. Maybe I am on the bandwagon a little bit of getting him over if it, if it doesn't take too too much. Four lefty defensemen just slinging dude. That's <laughs> just so random. I think it would be kind of cool. I don't All know. Right. I don't know. I just Your thoughts. Yeah, I I want Chikrin, but I didn't. <laughs> I thought he was righty. I I guess who cares at this point? I think we've shown that we could. A lot of these guys can play either way. So yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be pretty cool. I'm like imagining like some because like what 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 goes on right now too. Like whenever you get Samuelson and Darlene, obviously they're playing together, and then sometimes Darlene and Power will get on the ice together at times. Like these guys in the offensive zone or even the defensive zone, they can play. They, they'll switch sides, and 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 they're not discomfortable playing the opposite side if need be. And, and it honestly opens a ton more out there whenever they're slinging and they're like when power and Darlene are out on the ice together in the offensive zone, especially with that Thompson tuck Skinner line, there's been times this year where they're just cycling it all together. And Darlene almost is like playing like a four at times. So I'm just kind of saying like, imagine like those four guys is basically like, all right, these are our defense. When you put them out there, you can kind of play whatever side you need to at the time. Um, and I think those four guys would be skilled enough to do that. So again, I don't know what it would take to get him, but that was again, like my first time I really actually watched him play. I don't watch a lot of coyotes games and uh, I don't know. He, he was impressive to me. It, it was, it seemed like a guy that maybe it would be worth, you know, shelling out a first round pick and a prospect or something like that if we're able to get him. So um, I just kind of want to give an update on that because I, I was able to watch him and, and see him in, in the flesh. Um, but yeah, a, a big dude too. And, and again, impressive that he's positive on a, on a bad team so far this year. So um, I don't know. That's kind of my one, my one thing I want to bring up. Uh, my question, anything else? You, my quite I had a question for you that I was going to bring up is I know that we've been given middle stat, a lot of like flack this year and, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't really, lived up to expectations. Would you re-sign Victor Olofsson? He he has a couple more years on a deal now. I think he has one more year after this year. And then he becomes a UFA? I believe I believe that's correct. Um the thing is with him and, or would and you I, be would you be like would you be opposed to trading him? No, I think package for like chicken. Yeah, I think I think he's a perfect guy that you can that you can you can almost maybe fleece a team with considering his his goal total. It's it's insane because it's it. And I think I spoke about this at at one point, too, where it's like he is what, 14, 15 goals. He like doesn't it's 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 and it's and you got to give him credit at some point because it's like it's not like he's playing in all these situations really that puts him in spots to score and. I know a lot of the times mm-hmm. he's not great out there. It's not like he like does a ton, but at the same time, like you look at these stats and it's like you're put he, he's gonna put up 25 this year, at least, I think, if if he continues on the rate he's going, where it's not like he's scoring as much as he was before. I know he had a lot of empty netters and everything, but he's gonna put up 20 at least. Um, he 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 does have a lethal shot. Like at time, like on the power play, he still is very good at you know in, in that position. 
but he but he's expendable absolutely like i think it almost might be the perfect guy where you can like bait a guy and or bait a team and, and, and trade him over just based on his on his numbers um it just it just it all depends on where you fit him in the lineup like that's where it comes down to at this point with the savers team is we we've kind of established our top six forwards at least for right now i know a lot can change these guys are super super young you know talking about that second line in general but it's like at some point like i don't know you have to do maybe a little bit more if you're him or something, you know, at five on five, even strength, because there's just not like room and, and not like an area for you to fit into the lineup. So you have to keep playing him, I think, for right now. But yeah, if, if he's part of a trade package, I think he's probably the one guy that would be, you know, the odd man out that that Granado and Kevin Adams are willing to deal him in middle stat, I think is probably I mean, those are the hot topics there. And, and speaking of middle stat still, I know I know you you sent me that tweet earlier, which was, you know, this is backtracking a little bit, but um just kind of a crazy little tidbit that came out from, I think it was the 32 thoughts podcast with Elliot Friedman about how pretty much everybody in the Sabres Sabres organization, all the scouts, everybody wanted to draft uh, Marty Natchez with that eighth pick when they drafted middle stat bottle, put the kibosh on that and and drafted middle stat. Um, Now I, I don't know what Natchez's numbers are this year. I'm pretty sure he's having a really good year this year. And he, I, you know, when you watch Carolina, like he flies around, like he is a definitely a different player than middle stat in terms of like his speed, right? Like he's, he's not like a, he's not a middle set type player at all. Like he's a fast player and I love watching him play. So, I mean, that is interesting. It's just, I'm not going to like go back and, and bash the the move that, you know, it happened so long ago. It's just interesting that it, it just shows how much of a dumpster fire it was where the whole scouting department and the whole organization is on one guy. And then bottle just wants to, you know, use his power trip, I guess. And, and, not even take into account what his, what his scouts are saying. It just kind of, I don't want to, you know, go back into the history too much, but it's just kind of a crazy tidbit that came out when you, you know, when you sent me that, that he's basically not putting into factor anything that his guys are saying. He's like, no, I'm still going to, you know, that's how that regime operated in. It's yeah, it's crazy. So I just want to get your take on all of sin because I, I think you've been a bigger fan of him than me. So I don't know if, if you were on the the train of keeping him (laughs) around or you're kind of ready, letting him go. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be fine letting him go. I, I, I do think I like him more than other Sabres fans do just because, again, he 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 can just honestly shoot from anywhere in the offensive zone and and score. Um, He he does have a lethal shot. Like, we all know that, but 100% expendable. I think he's probably one of the few guys on the team that I'm, you know, willing to deal right now. But, yeah. yeah me too. Um, All right. Well, anything else on the Sabres before we, before we sign off here? Now we'll be boots on the ground uh, Friday. Yeah, Friday, being there to, uh, against Tampa. They're, I think they're wearing the go heads, yeah? Mm-hmm. I think the Sabres are undefeated in those unis so far this year as well. So uh should be a good one. But I think that wraps this up. One Episode 161, Go Bills, Go Sabres, as always. And we will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Nice, see we going dumb, dumb, dumb. Nice, see we going dumb, dumb, dumb. Yeah, once too many, honey, isn't enough. Yeah, honey, just isn't enough. Go ahead, let your girl, okay, what you want in the lake. Got ice on the way, put stones in your face. Calamari, ocean lake, split me four ways. By Provena, Sandra Pay. Yeah, I, why is it so hard for you to cry when you're rich? I put the sideline in front because I can't argue about shit. I told God, protect my life because I'm going to come in that shit. You know why, you know why.
She won't fasten up a seatbelt when we ride. Bought the girl a two-store penthouse and a big apple like a pie. She was trying to tell me that with all her words. They were lies, but I let her get away with it. Cause sometimes she wanna die. Yeah. We got 45 bitches just living it up. Been too damn long without a sip of my cup. Saying once too many, honey, it isn't enough. Alright, alright. 